Steve is joined by Denise Schick to provide help for families. It's Dawn and Steve in the morning. You can call or text us anytime, 800-555-7898. Up next is the Devo. And if you want to get your hands on that, just text the word Devo, D-E-V-O, to 800-555-7898. Well, we are glad you're with us this morning here. And uh, Briggs, I know that as you have moved to America within the past few years here, American football is becoming a little bit more on your radar screen. Now, I, we still can have the debate, what is the real sport that is called football? That's another debate for another day. But the big news story that we've all been waiting for has finally happened. Okay. And You're probably like, yeah, because I, I can see. I can see on your face right now. You're like, yeah, not really my thing. But Jim Harbaugh who just won the college national championship game with the University of Michigan, his alma mater, uh, was announced yesterday that he is leaving Michigan and heading back to the NFL to become the head coach of the L.A. Chargers. And here I was thinking you were going to talk about Jacob Rees-Summit, who's a Wales international rugby player who's trying to break into the American Football League. Uh, because there's more money there. There is. I'm guessing. It's true. It's true, yeah. It's a childhood dream, apparently. He's only 22. He's a fantastic rugby player, and he wants to do the American football dream. But yes, Jim Harbour, I did notice that last night, and I knew you'd talk about it this morning. <laughs> well, I did want to disappoint you there. Thank you. What's been kind of cool is to see the impact of the Harbaugh brothers. They're kind of having a moment here as Jim is leaving his alma mater and heading to the NFL. And one of the stories I just heard about him recently is not only has he been an effective football coach in turning that program around and bringing the University of Michigan this most recent national championship and really kind of restoring them as a powerhouse of football, but the impact that he has had on just the community of that team, the way that the players have been interacting – and how he is very outspoken about his faith and, and how that has impacted the locker room dynamics as well. And uh, there's a new story out there that 70 players last year were baptized. Wow. Now, do all of them have a genuine, real faith in Christ? Was there any maybe positive peer pressure thing going on? I, I don't know. That's God's going to sort all that out. He knows who are his and who are not. But you just think about the fact that here you've got this team of 100 college athletes and 70 of them are saying, we want to live for Jesus? Yeah. I mean, I find that pretty remarkable. Yeah, but it shows what you can do as a discipleship, doesn't it? In the sense it that does. if you have the kind of respect and value, but also hard work and discipline, um, things can happen that, that shape the course of not only a town, but um, yeah, a whole state. Yeah, <laughs> it know, did. So. And of course, nationally, not long after the uh, national championship win, he's out speaking at the national march, uh, right to life march. And so using the platforms that he's been given in that way. And then his uh, older brother, John, who is also uh, NFL coach for the Ravens, he opened his press conference the other day with a Bible verse. And that went viral. And that's been going around Twitter and, and or X, as they call it now. And, you know, so I think it's just cool to see these brothers using the platform that they have been given in a positive light. Agreed. Agreed. And I, I don't know about you, but for me, that's just a challenge to say, okay, what platforms have we been given today? Yeah. What platform as you're listening this morning, have you been given today 
what position are you in? What opportunity might you have to use the influence wherever God has placed you today for him and to do something good? So good challenge for us as we get rolling on this Thursday morning here. But uh, I'm going to get started in the book of John. John chapter 6 and verse 65 says, And he said, Therefore I have said that no one can come to me unless it has been granted to him by my Father. You know, throughout Jesus' ministry on earth, he never seemed intimidated by the crowds. Instead, he looked into the multitudes and he focused on those whom the Father was sending to him. And Jesus knew that because of sin, nobody naturally seeks after God. We don't, we don't do that on our own. In fact, the Bible says that we are dead in our sins and a dead person doesn't seek God. So sinful man's inclination, his, his inclination is to hide from God, right? He doesn't want to come to him. We see that in Genesis 3 and, and Psalm 14. Therefore, whenever Jesus saw that the Father was drawing a person to himself, Jesus immediately began relating to that person. And he observed the great lengths to which the despised tax collector Zacchaeus had gone in order to see him pass by. So Jesus sees that, and in response, he immediately left the crowd and he spent time with this man in whom the Father was working. When Jesus noticed a man following after him, Jesus then turned and spoke to Andrew and said, Come. John 1 39. Every time disciples experienced a new insight into the truths of God, Jesus recognized that it was the Father who had been at work in their lives. And as the multitudes gathered around Jesus, he spoke some truths that were difficult for people to understand. So challenging were his words that many, if not most of those listeners took off, they departed. But Jesus did not become discouraged. He saw that the Father was working in the lives of his disciples and that was where Jesus then invested his time. As you desire to spend time alone with Jesus, recognize that this is the Father drawing you to his Son. You don't seek quiet times with God in order to experience him. The fact that he brought you into a place of fellowship with him is evidence that you're already sensing his activity. As you read the scriptures and as you pray, trust that God will honor your response by leading and teaching you more about himself. If you want a copy of this morning's devotional, simply text the word DEVO, that's D-E-V-O, to 800-555-7898. Again, DEVO to 800-555-7898. Or you'll find it linked on our Facebook page. On Facebook, it's Don and Steve in the Morning. Start your day in the Bible and with Dawn and Steve in the Morning. Call or text 800-555-7898. You know, we have had the discussion about homosexuality in the church for a long period of time, but I I don't know about you, but I am finding more and more people who are having to have this conversation, not just kind of with this, well, you know, I think this is what I believe, and, and it's all theory. Now, for many, many people I know, it's reality. It's somebody in their family who has come forward and said, I think think I want to change my gender, that my gender is different. I think I'm a, a man in a woman's body or vice versa. Or I think I am going to embrace the, the gay lifestyle. 
And so when that happens in our families, when that hits close to home, sometimes we're rocked by that and not really sure how to respond and what to do. Well, Denise Schick is going to join us to help us have this conversation this morning here. She's the founder and executive director of Hope for Families Ministries and executive director of Livingstones Ministries. And Denise, welcome. Good to have you here. Oh, thank you for the opportunity. Why is this a topic, helping people who are dealing with LGBTQ plus issues, why is this something that you're uh, so passionate about? Uh, Because these topics had hit my home, Uh, only I was a very young child. I was nine years old uh, when my father came to me and told me that he wanted to become a woman, that he was a woman. And uh, in that time... What did that do to nine-year-old Denise? You know, I, I, I was, I wasn't expecting this. I, I, no, no child really would, especially you know, back in the mid seventies, right? Um, I sat there, just kind of froze, just listening to him. Uh, certainly didn't know how to respond, what to say. Uh, I um, didn't think that this would really impact me. You know, even though he gave me the details, you will know when I'm feeling this way because this is what I'll do, wow. <laughs> and. Uh, you know, all that all that information. But I told myself, you're Denise, this is your dad, you're two different people, this won't impact you. Uh, but as a nine-year-old trying to process it and being very naive on what grief looked like, what shock looked like, denial, um, I realized, you know, how wrong I was. Because afterwards I thought, I don't have a dad. What do I do about somebody to teach me what type of boy to date. You know, I mean, like all these thoughts were already going through my mind that I had lost that role model in my life. And uh, it was um, was very difficult. I knew that I couldn't tell anybody. (laughs) That was my mindset, because if I do, then Jody's parents aren't going to let her come over and play. Uh, Linda won't be able to play with me either. Uh, So processing it, that I'm going to lose friends if anybody finds out. And if I tell my mom, who already had struggles with migraine headaches, then I'm going to make mom sick. Because understanding, even again as a child, that he shouldn't have revealed all this information to me. Um, And uh, so as time had gone on, I say time by 11 years old, I realized that I started to question God. Did God really make a mistake? Should dad have been a girl? Well, if dad should have been a girl, then how do I know that I was supposed to be a girl? And taking that thought captive uh, for a bit of time to where I would uh, role play how a boy would walk. And in my imagination, what would I look like as a man? And in a relationship with somebody, because I knew I wanted to have a relationship with somebody, that meant that I would be the man and somebody else would be the woman. So in the imagination, kissing a woman. So we can see where the confusion can enter and where that can gravitate a child through. Um, Now, by 13, I realized that I wasn't gay. Uh, I knew I knew God didn't make a mistake, but I was trying to justify what my dad wanted to do. Sure. Uh, and what he was doing. 
And so I then uh, gravitated towards alcohol. I saved my babysitting and lunch money. I was really just trying to drown away what I was living through and all that pain. So that would mask it for the time being. Um, Also, at this time being that my dad was a small framed man, uh, he also uh, would begin to wear some of my clothes. So I would find them in the back of his truck uh, in the attic, when I'm up there, you know, digging for some craft stuff or pictures uh, behind the bathroom towels, uh, such like that. So it became really uh, very chaotic growing yeah. up in a home like this. Well, I can not even really begin to imagine what that does and how that impacts a child. And and that is one of the angles to this uh, this topic that unfortunately a lot of kids are having to deal with. On the other hand, maybe you have uh, parents whose kids are then coming to them and saying, hey, mom, dad, I'm gay, I'm transgender, I'm this, that, and the other. And we kind of freak out for a second, not knowing what to do and how to respond to that. And so maybe this is something you've been walking through and uh, you've got a question or comment, feel free to text in this morning. 800-555-7898. Denise Schick is with us. She has uh, written Moving Forward in Community. It's a Bible study, Companion Hope for Moving Forward in Hope, a, a devotional for families of LGBTQ plus and loved ones. And so we've got uh, the the link to her on our Facebook page. On Facebook, you're just looking for Don and Steve in the morning. We're going to continue the conversation with Denise coming up in just a few minutes. You're listening to Dawn and Steve in the Morning on Moody Radio. Call us at 800-555-7898. Denise Schick with us, founder and executive director of Hope for Families Ministry, executive director of Living Stones Ministries, and talking about moving forward in community as we move forward in hope. It's uh, She's written a devotional for families of LGBTQ plus loved ones, and maybe this is a topic that has touched your life and your family, and you're kind of wondering, what do we do now? You're, you're kind of trying to process through this. Uh, Denise, you shared your story with us a few moments ago and appreciate how you know, you've been vulnerable in sharing how this has impacted you, but it seems like it's impacting more and more families, and Gen Z and some of these younger generations really coming out and saying, no, we think, in a sense, God messed up in some way. I'm a boy who should be a girl, or I want to be in a same-sex relationship. And Is this just a fad that we happen to be in? Is there a reason you think there's so many young people saying, we want to do things differently than how God designed them? Yeah, you know, I think uh, when we look back to when gay marriage uh, became legalized, Uh, And since then, we've seen a decay in our um, moral convictions or even the standards of society. Um, The children that grew up in this time are are now adults or, you know, in their young 20s. So now gay marriage is nothing. Um, It's not even, people don't even bat an eye when they hear of somebody that's same-sex marriage and what's happening, excuse me, So, you know, when we look at what's happened just since 2015 uh, with our generations, our younger generations, they're also growing up uh, in a time of school, uh, books that are available to them in the libraries and what's being taught. I mean, my goodness, today we have preschoolers that are being read LGBT books 
uh, and books that would begin their confusion on who they are. Uh, so the heart of America, I think the heart of God's people needs to focus on what is happening with the children. Where are all the mixed messages? Uh, so many of them have grown up in church. You know, these children that are growing up and now identifying as gay or transgender grew up in good Christian homes where they were taught. So what happened, you know, in our culture where these mixed messages, the pressure for them to uh, identify as LGBT, uh, the fact that we've got some teachers, as I have heard, that ask the, the smaller children on a Friday, every Friday, so do you still identify as a boy? Wow. You know, and so this type of um, issue that's, that's going on, concern, you yeah. know, of what's happening. And these children, you know, now this has been, so even if it was five years ago, say a child was introduced to this type of mindset, well, now they're, you know, possibly 10, 12, 13 years old. Sure. And so sure. it's been integrated for a while. Yeah. And, and so the kids are receiving these messages all the time. And, you know, it's got to impact and affect the way that they're processing and that they're thinking. Um, but mom and dad don't necessarily know that until the day comes that the child announces, hey, guess what, mom, dad, I am fill in the blank, boy who wants to be a girl or, you know, I'm Johnny is going to date another boy or what is it, whatever the, the parent point is is gets this bombshell dropped in their lap and i can imagine most parents having all sorts of different reactions and responses um if that has not happened to a parent yet it very well could and so uh how would you encourage parents to respond when they first hear that news if they've already, if they're, uh, I want to make sure I'm understanding the question correctly, where they are hearing from their child. Hearing that from they their child for the very first time. Yep, mm -hmm. that they're gay. Yeah, you know, I, I my advice to them is don't, um, don't detach from that child, but rather use this as an opportunity to engage with them, to show compassion. Uh, ask them questions, questions such as, why do you say that? Um, can you give me an example of when you discovered uh, that you had same-sex attraction or that you began to feel that you were in the wrong body? Uh, have you ever thought about, you know, the situations, um, what this is, what this means for your life? But also, you know, here's, here's an important question. Well, where did you hear that or did somebody tell you that? Because we have this social contagion going on as well with our young people. So is it something where their peers, they are being pressured by their peers? Um, but it's so important for the parents to remain quiet and, and tender, uh, listening to their children so that they can develop questions and what their child is sharing to help the parent understand what is really going on and how can they um, engage in that child's life to become proactive if perhaps life has been busy? Uh, just because we, we all get busy. You know, everybody's yeah. working. We have outside activities, uh, church, uh, whatever our outside activities look like. 
that sometimes family time can be put on the side. So it's primary focus on that child and that relationship and their needs, uh, no matter how they may have come out, gay or transgender, to really look at how can you strengthen that relationship with a child? Is it taken uh, time away from maybe watching TV or just having, a, as I hear the younger generation, the me moment, the me time, mm -hmm. um, and, and go to that child's uh, sports game? Uh, if the, the boy is more um, small framed or just feminine or feeling, feeling like he's a girl, you know, dad need, it is important for dad to develop as strong of a relationship with that son as he can. Yeah. And the same thing for mom. Uh, maybe a mom is out there like me. I had one daughter that did ballet and tap all through elementary and high school. And I had another daughter that took dance three times. And she said, Mom, I'm not a girly girl like my older sister. <laughs> and she loved to work on cars. She still does. Um, she liked to go target shoot with her dad. And though cars weren't my interest, I really don't. You ask me what I drive, and I'll tell you, it's a white car. You yeah. know? <laughs> I'm lucky yep. if I remember the year. But I had to get interested in what she did so that I could have conversation with her. And so the well, same thing with mom and dad. If these are interests of your children that you know nothing about, get interested in that. Get interested that, in what they find important in life. No, that's a good point. I, we need to be super engaged and interested and ask those questions. And we're going to come back and ask a few more questions of Denise coming up. Find us on YouTube at Dawn and Steve. You know, maybe LGBTQ plus has uh, impacted your family in some way. Your kids have come forward and they've said, Mom, Dad, I'm gay, I'm a lesbian, I'm transgender, I'm whatever that would be. And you wonder, how do I respond to that? Denise Schick is uh, joining us to talk about this, founder and executive director of Hope for Families Ministry, executive director of Living Stones Ministries. And she's written a, a devotional called Moving Forward in Community, and we want to connect you with her. You can find the link on our Facebook page. Denise, in the last moment or two that we have together, I, I would imagine one of the biggest questions that you are asked and that you have to tackle all the time is, what do I do when my kid has come to me and, or a family member, coworker, someone has come to me and they've said, I'm going to live in a way that I believe is contrary to what the Bible says. I want to love them well. I don't want to compromise my belief, though. So how do I love that person well without compromising what I believe Scripture says? I think one of the primary things that we um, that's helpful is that we continue in that relationship that we have with them. If it's somebody at work, we don't want to cut them off, right? Because they are going to see that even though we have a different belief system, that we have not rejected them. That we just because this is the way they're going to live their life, I want nothing to do with you. They're going to look at us as judgmental, and that's not our job at all. So I think it's really important outside of our home to have relationships with those people just like we have before, and more importantly, even those that are in our home that come out as transgender or gay, to develop and to have that relationship, to strengthen it, you know, kind of what I'd said a few moments ago, don't detach, mm -hmm. but rather engage and, and do what you can 
to have a healthy relationship that is showing, oh, mom and dad still love me. They're not rejecting me like maybe my friends have told me or what somebody else has insinuated. So I think that's really one of the primary things. Continue to do what you've always done uh, with that loved one instead of backing away. Yeah. Uh, we we love them. We've always loved them. And we're not going to stop loving them or caring for them just because they've come out and are identifying in some way that goes against our beliefs. Sure. Last uh, question I think we have time for here. Now, we want to love them well. At the same time, there's a good chance our hearts are hurting because we've received this news. What do mom and dad, you think, need to do to make sure that they're you know, doing what they need to do for themselves as they their family walks through this. Yeah, I think it's important for mom and dad um, if they're if you know if they are blessed and lucky enough to have mom and dad because a lot of times it's a single parent that's trying to do this, but where they have a support system. So mom and dad, you know, they are able to be a support system, but they also uh, to have others in a small group or a single parent that's going through this to have one or two people that they can just pour out, you know, what they're going through and to be able to have those people as prayer partners as well is very important because there's going to be um, the time where they're going to have to go through the grief process, you know, and once, yeah, once they come out of denial. So it's important support. Well, there are important for support, and there's some great uh, material that we want to commend to you as well. Moving forward in community from Denise, and if you want to connect with her, then we want to help that uh, happen. It's helpforfamilies.com. That's help, the number four, families.com. And if you didn't get that website, you're going to find that linked on our Facebook page. When you're on Facebook, you're just looking for Don and Steve in the morning, and you're going to find the info right there. 